The reading is taken from Luke chapter 4, beginning at verse 31 to 44. And if you're following it in the Bibles, it's on page 1031. Jesus drives out an impure spirit. Then he went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and on the Sabbath he taught the people. They were amazed at his teaching, because his words had authority. In the synagogue there was a man possessed by a demon, an impure spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, Go away! What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. Then the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. All the people were amazed and said to each other, What words these are! With authority and power, he gives orders to impure spirits, and they come out. And the news about him spread throughout the surrounding area. Thank you, Sally. We're going to continue the reading um, at verse uh, 38. Good morning, everyone. I'm Jean-Luc. So it says, Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. Now Simon, Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. She got up at once and began to wait on them. At sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of illness, and laying his hands on each one, he healed them. Moreover, demons came out of many people, shouting, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak, because they knew he was the Messiah. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him, and when they came, where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I've, I was sent. And he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judah. Amen. Let's pray together. Thank you, th thank you so much, Lord, this morning for um, baptism of Jed, Lord. We pray now that, that by your spirit you stir our hearts. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. 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 Uh, do you know John Wimber? Who knows John Wimber? Some of us know John Wimber. Um, most of us don't know John Wimber. I'm going to introduce you to this person. He's now, um, he passed away already, but uh, he was a founder of a, a church movement called the Vineyard Church. He is an American, he was an American pastor. And before becoming a pastor, he was really like Gil Gilbert, really. He was uh, playing the guitar and uh, pop music, and uh, he was in a band, and uh, 
but um, it was in the late 70s, early 80s in the States, and John Wimber, um, at the age of 29, became a Christian. He, he, he left his life of uh, drinking a lot of beers and uh, taking alcohol, uh, drugs, and, and so on, and became a Christian. He started to attend a church where he used to live, John Wimber, and um, he was reading the Bible. He loved his Bible. He was reading through the, the New Testament. And he came to see his pastor, his uh, leader there, and he said to him, when do we get to do the stuff? Which is a phrase, um, you can imagine a, a Californian young uh, rock rocker saying, when do we get to do the stuff? And he was referring to what we just read in our passage. He was referring to healing, um, to uh, miracles, to casting out demons, to speak with authority. And John Wimber is quite influential because the very building where you stand this morning is a direct fruit of John Wimber ministry. This church, I've already said that and Andy many times or age, but this church should have been closed 35 years ago, sold on the market. The Bishop of London had it on his desk, but the Bishop decided not to close this church, St. Barnabas, and to call on a team from another church not far to come here. And that church not far from here in South Kensington, Holy Trinity Brompton, uh, was influenced uh, among many other preachers by John Wimber and experienced an outpouring of an anointing of the spirits. And this phrase, doing the stuff, became very famous in the Vineyard Church, uh, meaning uh, praying for others, um, discerning spirits, um, going out to see the poor, and in another word, um, to use a word used in the Bible, to bring out the kingdom of God. To bring out the kingdom of God. Last year, some of us were around last year, not all of us, because today we've got guests and it's great. But last year, we did a series on Luke Gospel already, and it was called Meals with the Messiah. I don't know if you remember that, but exactly the second Sunday of January, we looked at Luke chapter 7. And the first Sunday of January, we looked at Luke 5, which is helpful because this year, uh, during Christmas period, we looked at Luke 1, Luke 2. I'm going to talk about Luke 3, the baptism of Jesus, and this last week and today, Luke 4, and last year, Luke 5 and Luke 7. Sorry to confuse you, but just to say that we are in that type of looking at the beginning of that biography of Jesus, the gospel of Luke, the good news of Luke. So last year, last year, if you remember well, we looked at two meals with Jesus. Jesus was constantly being invited in meals. And the first one was with um, Levi. And Levi in Luke 5, uh, also called Matthew, was a tax collector. And he became Christian. He became Christian when he met Jesus, Levi. He turned from his own life of uh, being a tax collector to being a disciple of Jesus. And this is what Jesus says in Luke 5. Those who are well have no need of a doctor, but those who are sick, I have come, Jesus says, to call not the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Luke 7, it's another uh, story. There is Jesus being invited to a meal with a Pharisee, and there is a prostitute, a woman that have to sell herself to uh, get a living. And, and she comes to the feet of Jesus, and she pours out 
uh, a perfume of great price. And Jesus, in that discussion with the Pharisee, because the Pharisees are really uh, shocked by that, he says um, to the lady, your sins are forgiven. So you see, Jesus is doing the stuff in the first chapters of Luke. Casting out demons, healing the sick, forgiving sins, calling sinners to repentance, which means a change of direction, a radical change of direction, and preaching and teaching with authority. Question for us this morning. When is the last time you teach, you taught, you preached to someone with authority? Maybe a friend at school, at university, or maybe a neighbor. When was it the last time that you gave a word of good news? Have you ever been praying to cast out demons? Yes? No? Have you doing this? Are you doing this stuff? Have you preached? Uh, have you, have you preached the good news to the poor? I said that, but have you prayed for someone who was uh, sick? That's what the church is about. This is the kingdom of God. Um, I said already that HTB, that church, was influenced by John Wimber amongst uh, many. Um, but the whole church all over the places in the world have been influenced in the 20th century by a movement of the Holy Spirit, Pentecostal movement, charismatic movement, within the Orthodox Church, within the Catholic Church, within the Lutheran Church. And this great outpouring of the Spirit is, we are still in a, a little bit like, uh, we are inheriting it here at St. Barnabas. So let's go back to our text and, and to Luke's Gospel. Christmas was about a big historical moment. The Son of God, Jesus, um, was incarnated. God became flesh. And, um, and that's what we looked at Luke chapter 1 and 2. But today, today we celebrated uh, the baptism of Jed, but also in the church calendar, today is the, the feast of the baptism of Jesus. This is the day. Catholic Church and the Anglican Church and the Lutheran Church. And we are celebrating that amazing moment. Another, another historical moment. It's in Luke chapter 3. We don't, we don't have time to read it. But at this moment, Jesus comes to John the Baptist. He doesn't need the baptism of repentance because Jesus is pure. But he received from, uh, from John the Baptist his baptism. But then the text says that the fathers say something. And the, call, uh, the, the Holy Spirit comes as a dove on him. And we see the whole Trinity involved there. Uh, the one who anoints Jesus is the Father. Uh, Jesus is the anointed one. And of course, the Spirit is the anointing. And uh, this is an historical moment because this is when Jesus became the Christ. He anointed the Messiah. So it's another event. At Christmas, Jesus became Jesus. He was named Jesus. And at his baptism, Jesus became the anointed, which is an amazing thing when you think about. And, and this morning, Jed received something from God in his baptism. And all of us, if we've been baptized, whatever age, or confirmed, or received a baptism in the Spirit at one point, we received from something from God. We have received. We have received something from God. And, and we have received something from God through Jesus, through his baptism, through his life, through his death and uh, resurrection. Last week, Luke 4, Jesus in the synagogue of Nazareth read this passage of Isaiah 61 that we just heard in the video. And that was the beginning of his ministry. Baptism, 
desert temptation, full of the Spirit, he arrived in Nazareth, takes the scroll, read Isaiah 61, and he says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus, because he has anointed me. And this anointing Jesus received at the baptism brings something new to the life of Jesus in his ministry. As we just read, victory over demons, healing, miracles, uh, preaching with authority, forgiving sins. I believe that Jeff this morning received something, uh, as I said, and, and you may have been baptized yourself, maybe you're not, and, and um, maybe one day you reconsider, but if you've been baptized, if you believe that, uh, I believe that something happened to you. This like a, a gift that has been given to you, like uh, something that you need to be unwrapped at one point. And this morning we're going to conclude around this idea of how how Jed in the future and how we today open something in our hearts, set free something in our hearts. And, you know, the anointing Jesus received was really active. We just saw it. We just read it. It was really powerful. And the anointing we've received uh, could be inactive at the moment. Some of us may have received something, but it's inactive. It's wrapped. If you consider a bottle of perfume, for example, you may think about the bottle of perfume as, um, as closed and we can't scent, uh, we can't uh, smell the, the scent, the scent. Um, but the question this morning is how our anointing will remain inactive and how can we set it free? And this is part of our series, Set Free. I've, I brought this bottle of perfume. This is... Um, I don't know if you know this one, but it's a French perfume, Hermès, Un Jardin sur la Lagune. It's not mine. It's my uh, wife's one. So I wonder if this morning she is thinking, oh, where is my perfume? But uh, it's a beautiful one, but you can't scent it. You can smell it from here because you need to open it or you need to break it or you need to have the, the, the smell uh, coming here. But the anointing in us needs also to be broken, to be open. You remember this passage I just mentioned in Luke 7, when the woman came at the feet of Jesus and poured out a jar, an alabaster, a jar of alabaster. And uh, in another gospel, we've got a, a similar story. I'm going to read it quickly. It's in John 12, another biography of Jesus. And in John 12, we're starting the passion. Jesus is going to go to the cross and uh, Mary is pouring uh, also a perfume on Jesus' feet. And it says that in John uh, 12, 3, Jesus anointed at Bethany. Then Mary took about half a liter of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. You know, the, the broken jar was a symbol of Christ's humanity. Uh, pure as Jesus was, he was truly uh, a vessel of alabaster to be broken in his death on the cross so that the Holy Spirit within him could be poured out to fill the whole church and the whole world in the spirit fragrance. Uh, I just read this, this quotation from a, a, an author, but 
the idea is that Jesus going to the cross, he, he is the anointed one. We just saw that, you know, at his baptism. And Jesus is the one who's carrying the power of God, the spirit of God. But it needs, his body is going to be broken. And we know that in the cross, he's going to give his life for us. And then he will be resurrected by the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, according to the Father's will. And then ascended to heaven and Pentecost pouring out the Spirit on all flesh. But it is the very moment when he's broken on the cross that his jar, this alabaster of pure nard, is broken. And, and it's the same for us, our parts here today and now. The anointing, the Spirit of God, uh, does not depend on us. We said it's uh, Jesus received it and shares this with us after his body has been broken on the cross. But we need to remove obstacles to do the stuff. What are the obstacles in our life that prevent us to be fully sent in the anointing? So for some of us this morning, the obstacles might be doubts, might be fear, might be demons. Some of us may have some uh, things that prevent them to go further in, in, in faith can be demons in us, or can be unforgiveness, can be abuses, can be hurt from the past. There are things that prevent us to open the bottle, to really uh, make the, the anointing uh, real for us and for people around us. So to break the jar means to surrender to God, means to obey to God, even to the death, as Jesus did. And um, Paul is saying somewhere in, in, in the one of his letters, Corinthians, he's saying that we are the aroma of Christ to God. Another phrase of John Wimber doing the stuff was that everyone gets to play. Everyone gets to play. Another colloquial, maybe a, a, way, a Californian way to say that we are all part of Christ's body and we are all sent with Jesus' anointing to do the stuff. It may not be uh, healing people or maybe not casting out demons. There are many ways to uh, be the good news of the kingdom, but it includes that as well. And some of us may have um, that gift, these gifts. So there's a theme I'm exploring uh, with Julia at the moment, which is a theme of adoption, which is an amazing theme, which is... Um, important in, in our society, of course, but, but in Christian faith, we are all adopted in God's family. It's not our merits. We are not born from God. Um, Muslim people sometimes think Christians are not understanding really well, and they really take literally the fact that God had a relationship and, and so on. But, but we don't believe that. Christians don't believe that Jesus was born from a, a, a sexual relationship between God and Mary. It's not what we believe. We believe that he was miraculously born, and then we are adopted into God's family. We are brothers and sisters of Jesus. And it means that because of that adoption, we inherit from Jesus' anointing to do the stuff. So when is the last time you cast out a demon? When is the last time you preach with authority? Teach your friend with authority. 
having a, a world of truth in love. This morning, we're just going to conclude now and, and to have an opportunity, I believe, um, for prayer. And we're going just simply to receive again that anointing to break the jar. I, I, I believe we've got a, a team of prayer ready, available. We're going to have the, now maybe the, the worship team. But um, worshiping in songs, praising God in songs, praying is a way of releasing that perfume as well in our hearts and that uh, smell in, in that place. And, and we're going to um, continue to meditate on Jesus because he's the one that makes uh, this possible because he gave his life on the cross. And if we want as a church or as individual part of that church to do the stuff, um, to pray for the outcast, to uh, preach the good news of the kingdom, we need to receive from God. And this morning, as the year starts, um, we think it's a good way to start the year also to come back to God, to come back at His feet, and to receive and to be heard, to, to, to hear His voice. You are my son, uh, my beloved son.